0: Listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. One. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, Episode Eleven. We are surprisingly already on eleven, and that is really confusing to me, considering uh, we didn't know anything when we started this. This was actually supposed to. Originally, be something uh, that our esteemed guest Connor Burns and I were wanting to do for a while, but he has a big big boy job, big people job, and uh, he. But he is joining us tonight, Connor Burns, all the way from Florida.
1: Hell yeah, Tampa,
0: Tampa, to be exact, if I'm correct.
1: You are correct. The mystical land of Tampa, Florida.
0: And he's so Tampa, he's also watching Supercross right now.
1: Supercross. Trying
0: to figure out.
2: Trying to figure out what's
1: uh, what's going on with Post Malone.
2: Apparently, he's uh, in some trouble right
1: now. Going on with who? Post Malone.
2: Oh, uh, oh Post yeah. Malone. He stumbled on the stage, some... right? Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. like
0: breaking his guitar and stuff.
2: I don't know. I don't know how my man's doing. I mean, he has a guy on in his posse whose sole job is to make sure there's a Bud Light in his hand every time. I would think health-wise, Posty is not doing great.
1: You hate to hear it.
0: When the face tattoos started coming in, you, you could... Seems like a good guy, but when when you start getting face tattoos, that's when things start going south, I uh, would say.
2: Um, went to my high school, Grapevine High School, represent
1: my boy.
0: Oh, yeah, he is from, like, Dallas, right? Yeah. That's weird. He going to be
1: in a rock band. He, like, went to try out or something, and then... He said no, or he didn't yeah,
2: make it. Um, something, cr- Crown the Empire, I think is what it was.
0: Hmm. Well, that's our Post Malone talk for the day. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have any movies. We're here.
1: So yeah. Mm-hmm. No, uh, he actually does.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does. With Mark Wahlberg he does out. Now. It's on Netflix right now. Is it? Yeah, it's on Netflix right now. Spencer Confidential, which is a terrible name for a movie.
2: Well, It's a Mark Wahlberg flick
0: um Dex uh, was supposed to be joining us uh, he saw this movie we're uh doing the Invisible Man review yeah. today if you did not know uh have a few topics that we want to get to but um uh, Dex was supposed to join us he told us to call him when he was asleep a little peel back the curtain here uh, apparently Dex sleeps so hard he doesn't wake up to five phone calls so uh he may or may not join us we'll see how this we'll see how this works out um and, but we will be joined by Jake's better half, Mallory, to talk about The Invisible Man and in Dex Place. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I did one of the big news coming out in the film industry. We don't do news a lot. But the big news coming out in the film industry was that South by Southwest uh, was canceled. That was canceled yesterday. South by Southwest releasing uh, kind of a statement, having a joint like press conference with the mayor of Austin and everything. Um, But they say the city of the city of Austin has canceled the March dates for South by Southwest and South by Southwest, Southwest EDU South by Southwest will faithfully follow the city's directions. They said we are devastated to share with uh, this news with you. The show must go on is in our DNA. And this is the first time in 34 years that the March event will not take place. We are now working through the ramifications. This unprecedented situation. So if you don't know, people are freaking out about uh coronavirus. And South by Southwest just so happened to be one of those uh events that's I don't want to say freaked out because it's tough to tell where we are with this disease. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting that we cancel a full film festival. But like the city of Houston, I saw a tweet that was like the city of Houston is like, Come on down the rodeo, it's fine. Uh, I don't know Jake what do you think about that
2: I I don't want to like make any blanket statements because I am not a medical professional so I I think it's actually kind of the good move in that regard as we are slowly coming to terms with what this virus really is and 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 how it works and how completely unsanitary we as a people are um I think it's crazy. The bigger story to me is not so much that. Like, and I, and I think South by Closing is a huge story. And I kind of think, and eat my wife Mallory brought it up. Like Coachella might follow suit or something. Like these big festivals, it might mean something. And I think even South by said they're going to try to make it like a digital conference to try to skirt refunding tickets because that's millions of dollars that they just lost. But. The bigger story to me here um in terms of cancellation is the pushback of uh no time to die from next month to november so in terms well, of film news that's a big thing
0: yeah connor had something to say about that he's something he was reading about that and you have made a good point uh from whatever you read connor the saying that these films normally have come out and it feels like over like the winter like october november december what were you, I don't know, what were you reading about that?
1: Yeah, that's just historically the time that they come out. They're always uh, October, November type movies. And that it really is kind of surprising that it was going to come out in April. I mean, I didn't even know it was coming out in two months. I assumed it was coming out in October. It's just that type of, could be the color, you know, especially with the last one, Skyfall. just looked very wintry, and the tone seems mm-hmm. more wintry. It doesn't seem like a summer blockbuster, but yeah i'm not surprised it's probably a good move it'll probably end up being a great
0: move well this is interesting because like films right now and they totally did this not necessarily because of concerns over people coming into the theater over coronavirus they're literally concerned like most movie studios are over their bottom dollar Mm -hmm. and films are just tanking overseas right now like especially in china we talked about this before but it was like this time last year, through the whole sort of Oscar season and, the, and into right now, that China had somewhere over along the lines of contributed $2 billion to the box office. They now, it's something like they're in only like the hundreds of thousands right now. There's something like 200,000 or something like that. So, literally, I mean, who knows what this will do for No Time to Die's box office. Uh, It may help. This movie may still not make as much money as as all the others were going to anyway. Maybe it being Daniel Craig's last one boosts it a little bit. Who knows? I just don't know if it's going to be a good movie, so we'll see how that works. I mean, hopefully them moving it back to November means that they think that it's good enough to get that box office attraction. I don't know. I have little to n- no faith that this movie will be good considering how quickly that they put it out and turn the story around and how weird Rami Malek is. But um, I do like, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name, is it Kerry Jo Fukunawa? Uh, is that his last name?
2: That's how I've known it, but I'm also the worst at names, so...
0: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, True Detective of True Detective fame, and, and uh that first season of True Detective he, was sort of he won uh, an Academy Award, didn't he,
1: for um, the British film uh, World War One, I, I think. What's it called?
0: He didn't for nineteen
1: seventeen. No, no, no. That's this is like <laughs> six years ago. Maybe it's a night. No, it's it's oh. World War Two film. It's called like Prudence or. Oh, I don't know.
0: He won. He won uh, and was nominated for several uh, Emmys for the True for True Detective. He may have won a BAFTA for uh, something, and I was wrong. He didn't win that. No. But Jane um, Eyre. Jane
1: Eyre. Jane Eyre.
0: Yeah. Didn't that win Jane Eyre.
1: He, Did he do Jane Eyre? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he
0: was a director. Uh, the. Oh yeah, he did. Press. Okay, yeah, he was the director of Jane. Oh, Eyre, I guess it so
1: only got like, nominated for one Academy Award. I thought it was very well received for some reason.
0: It was well received. It, d- it just didn't get the Oscar love that I think it probably wanted. Um, the but yeah, I I trust him. I, I the I mean, I don't know about No Time. I just don't think that it is going to be. Of course, Daniel Craig has always sort of been like whatever as or not whatever. He's had two good and two very boring Bond films. <laughs> Which I thought they were pretty. huh All of them, even Quantum of Solace. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It was fine. It, it was
1: fine. I. Yeah, but
0: go ahead, Jake.
2: I was about to say, you know what we're not talking about? Spectre, the actual most recent Bond film that was super bad.
0: I. Yeah. No, it, he. I mean, yeah. it goes Casino Royale, uh, Quantum of Solace, bad, Skyfall, good, Fantastic. Spectre. Spectre I fell asleep I have not watched Spectre since I fell asleep halfway through the movie and don't know what happened to this day
1: did we see Skyfall Royden or did we see Spectre which one did we go like I think we went like the night it opened
0: yeah in college we went to the midnight showing of uh Skyfall that's what
1: I thought okay Skyfall
2: yeah
0: like dudes wore suits and everything like
2: as well they should that film deserves every award
0: that that was great um that he's like I said, so he's made two really good ones, and if you go back and you watch Casino Royale, it really holds up more than you would, <clears throat> more than you would think. But the uh, the the bookends of those are not are just not great.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. But you know, since three out of the four of us are in Texas, this South by Southwest thing is weird because thousands of people go down there for that, and I've never been. Jake have you ever have you ever gotten down there for that
2: I've experienced portions of the music festival I've never actually I've had films that I've worked on that have shown South by but I've never actually like gone to the film or the tech portion of it just like secret shows when I was in college
0: right I mean it is one of it, it, it definitely started as an indie film festival because mm-hmm. you know Austin but everything just like everything else in Austin it's gotten way bigger than I ever thought that it would. And now it's one of the premier film festivals that people debut a lot of their films at. And I think the first domino fell when Netflix decided to pull out. And so they were like, maybe this isn't a good idea.
2: Yeah, is isn't. I feel like South by is kind of the staging ground for Netflix films or what they're going to release for like their summer and uh, early fall releases. So that actually probably is a huge pull out for them that kind of started all that
0: that sort of i think it sort of has been over the past few years as far and it's always a big it's always big for independent releases as well that <laughs> get blacklisted and we won't see for another 3 years <laughs> for some reason but i don't know Connor do you have anything on uh south by southwest and then we'll move on to the invisible man
1: i just kind of think it would be cool if instead of doing south by they just kind of had some like low key uh, music shows and like, people's apartments and stuff, and then show films in people's apartments, and then eventually, like, it
2: could become a thing in Austin. Oh, just, like, <laughs> yeah. secret drop. That would actually be really cool. Like, Mike's apartment on 6th Street is gonna be showing the next Netflix film.
1: And that's it. Then you just gotta get into his apartment.
2: That would be really cool, actually. Very Austin. I would be that.
0: People texting each other for gate codes and shit, like, just getting locked out of the new fast and furious movie
2: because they don't have a uh... awesome fire marshals <laughs> just piss at everybody
0: we're at the container bar on rainy street they're showing <laughs> matthew mcconaughey's next film we can't get in god damn it no i i think i don't know i think it is kind of interesting that they'll do it they don't have in they they do not have i was just reading something they, they do not have insurance for this. They said our insurance covers everything but a pandemic.
2: <sighs> yeah. So I, I read that too because they're trying to scrape by by because there's a they're trying to make it like a digital conference sort of deal, so I guess like the tech portion like you could still stream somehow and that's how they're going to scrape fun. by by like not doing the uh refunds cuz they'd be like, "Well, technically it still happened. It was just online."
0: Ugh. No thank Communica- uh, com- communicable diseases, viruses, and pandemics. Not a part of the policy, says the Austin Chronicle. Oh well, thanks. Um, Who's going for- to it? Sorry, is, uh- <laughs> <laughs> the general. Uh, no, I don't think he will.
1: <laughs> his risk appetite is uh, much much lower than that.
0: He lost it. He lost his appetite for that a long time ago. The general has seen some shit. Um. All right, moving on to The Invisible Man. We will bring Jake's better half in, Mallory, to the pod. We're talking about The Invisible Man. Hopefully, uh, once we're done with this, and Connor, if you have any questions, actually, hop in because uh, we want your feedback. Actually, you know what? Since you're a lawyer, we're going to have you be a mediator right now because two people do not like this film, and... uh, me i actually really enjoyed this film so could you mediate for for us
1: i do have to warn you that i am not licensed to practice law uh on the internet but since i'm in florida i think uh there will be an exception made and i can mediate this dispute
0: all right how much do you charge
1: you know you'll get the bill
0: okay Great. Um, the Invisible Man came out uh, just a week ago or two weeks ago, rather. It uh, came out uh, February 28th. It came out 2020 when Cecilia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her his fortune. She suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia uh, works to prove that she is being haunted uh, by someone nobody can see. This was... Uh, directed and written by Lee Winnell, um, stars Elizabeth Moss, Oliver Jackson Cohen. Those are, yeah, as as Adrian Griffin, uh, Aldous Hodge, and Storm Reed as uh, James and Sidney Lanier, and um, Michael Dorman with a really creepy performance as Adrian's brother, Tom Griffin, and also Harriet Dyer as Emily Cass, uh, Cecilia's sister. Uh, this has a 71 Metascore, so it's actually really good grades for that. A 7.5 uh, rating on IMDb, and I think a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So good reviews. It's also due to its budget, and the Blumhouse effect is killing it at the box office. 61 million worldwide on a seven million dollar budget. So it's destroying what, and in, uh, nobody thought that it wouldn't, but it's destroying. Uh, what it, it, it? Sorry, what it was uh, supposed to? I think. At what this was point. that
2: budget number again? Seven million. They made this on seven million.
0: Yeah, that's what's crazy about this movie. They made this on seven million, which is I don't oh, know. No oh, get out of here! <laughs>
1: well, hold on, wait, wait. So who who produced this? this was Blumhouse, correct?
0: Blumhouse and Universal. This was sort of a spinoff of that Dark Universe thing that tanked. Um, and what
1: started that which films were those
0: that was the mummy film uh, that with yes. uh, Tom Cruise that <laughs> I think literally has like a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes and just uh, did not make any money and it was supposed to be a dark universe with you know the mummy um, the invisible man which was originally supposed to be Johnny Depp uh, Ooh, good call yeah the creature in the Black Lagoon I think and uh it's it's an infamous we'll tweet out the picture it's an infamous photo um where none of them were actually there at the same time but they all took a uh, vanity fair photo and were photoshopped in together uh if you can go look up that photo right now it's actually pretty incredible but that tanked that plan tanked um because why you know why wouldn't it and uh so blumhouse said you know what if we still have this ip we might as well we'll step in and do it for way cheaper which is what they do with every IP, it seems like, and uh, yeah, they did it. For Seven million dollars. It's probably going to end up making somewhere in the realm of like at least eighty million to a hundred million dollars, which is a nuts return on investment. Which means this will, yeah, which means this will get a sequel. I um, have just been talking, so I will tell you that I gave this score of an A minus. I really like this movie. Uh, you two. Uh, Man and Wife. <laughs> I hate this movie, apparently.
3: Yes. Short answer, yes. <laughs> I know you're giving it a great score. I would like to give it a numerical of 12. Um, out of, oh,
2: no. <laughs> out of what?
3: A <laughs> hundred.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> That's
3: what well one. Like if lifetime original movies had... Well, now that I'm learning it's a $7 million budget, it's probably the same as a Lifetime original movie, Uh, but somehow they have a weird partnership with Venom based off of whatever was going on with that man's Carl skills and the full black bodysuit. I just didn't enjoy it for a lot of reasons, but you guys go ahead and get started.
0: (laughs) Oh no, this is not going to go well. (laughs) Uh, What would you give
2: it? I'll play middleman. I'll, I'll, I'll play the role of Dex tonight um, because I, I admit that a lot of my hatred towards it is plot hole based and not so much content based. Like I think Elizabeth Moss actually was fantastic into this. And I think everybody in the film was doing the best they can with what they had. So I'll, I'll give it a C just to play devil's advocate internally. The real Jake, gives it a strong F because the plot holes were so um, distracting that I spent half the film wondering who is who and what is going on.
0: But you didn't have to think that hard about this movie. I I know that it probably wanted you to, but I think the way that they made it, they were just like, you know what? Bare minimum, we're just going to allow Elizabeth Moss to cook and, uh, and get out of the way. She's on a heater. And so that's what I felt like they they based a lot of this around t- uh, uh, being tense and things like that. I will say this was one of the more tense I, I have felt in a movie in a long, long time. But you can hate on it. That's why we have Connor here. He's supposed to be the mediator.
1: You know, you guys all have great points. I'm a big fan of what Blumhouse does. I thought Upgrade from, was it two years ago? Was one of the best movies yeah. i would seen all year. It was so unique, and that's why I really like Blumhouse. But at the same time, they have some absolute stinkers, like that Happy Death Day movie. Ugh. And I have to say, just looking at the previews of Invisible Man and hearing that it's one of those movies, it's got to be bad. There's no way it's good. It just there's no. Well, no, no way. I
0: think you, if you. If you like Upgrade, then you'll like this movie because Lee Wanell is the same director of Upgrade, uh, of Upgrade as, as this movie. And he's, he's sort of, yeah, I mean, he's sort of Jason Blum's sort of right-hand man, it seems like, because they started on Saw together. Lee Wanell's had a random career. He started, he was in like the last Matrix movie. He started and wrote um, Saw into a short film. And then he made it into a feature film. He's one of the guys in the original Saw, and then he was the original. Uh, he was the original writer of. Uh, well, now this is cut. This you're gonna have to cut this, Jake. <laughs> he was the original. He was the original writer of the Insidious movies, which is to this day one of the scariest things that I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't care. Uh, that movie is. The most frightening thing, especially when that demon crawls on the wall. That ugh, is that
1: Bagul? Uh, or which one is that?
0: The insidious, the one where the boy gets trapped in the, like the shadow realm or whatever. The demon it is. that
3: looks like Darth Maul. Oh, okay, so that's not
1: Bagul That's what am I thinking
2: of?
0: No, I don't know what you're. Mm,
1: which
2: one?
0: I don't. I'm they not. They all sure. run
2: together for me, so I cannot I participate sh- in that game. Yeah, there's one with like I the yeah.
1: Bagul right?
3: With with uh, the talk I think is in it. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, last Rice? Last He's a Priest? Is that what you're thinking
1: of? No. No, I know
0: what you're I know what you're talking about. And you saw it in college. Yeah, right? and
1: there's um which one? Sinister. Oh are you thinking of the Sinister, little sinister. Little that's what I'm thinking
0: of. Sinister. <laughs> okay. Sorry, They're okay. basically no kinda like the like they're basically kinda like the same movie. Right, right, right. Um but That's yeah, 21. Lee Unnel's had such a weird co- a career where, but he and Jason Blum are sort of uh, he's sort of his right hand man, and he it seems like and he's made now made two of Blumhouse's more well regarded films, so I think he's the one that sort of trusted him and James Wan. I guess are the ones that are trusted to handle sort of their bigger uh, projects. I don't know. I. I really was just tense during this movie, mostly because of how Juan L used and Jake, you can probably talk better about this, use space and spatial awareness in this film where you're just like, Okay, is he you know that he's not there, but you don't know that he's not there because they're not when he's there they would show you, basically. But when when he's not there, they're using like half the room to make you think that something's around.
2: Yeah, this whole film was shot very wide-angled. The one thing that I I actually really enjoyed about the cinematography, um, originally I hated it, but the more I think about it, I was like, this really did contribute to the film, was there's a lot of scenes where the camera will pan to nothing. And it adds to the sort of tense environment because you, as an audience member, are just sitting there scanning the room going like "Is the invisible man here you're looking for impressions and furniture shadows moving so yeah there is a lot of just empty space in the film that you you do feel that there is a presence here or there's something going on and elizabeth moss's desperate acting and her eyes darting everywhere really do contribute to that
0: yeah she did a really good job um with that let's just go ahead and get into let's just go ahead and get into spoilers because there's not a lot here that you can't spoil um
2: you've seen the trailer you've seen the film yes okay so
0: that was one of my main nitpicks about some of the scares not all of them and not all the twists were put in the trailer
2: there are stuff in the trailer that are omitted from the film
0: yeah, that's true like the hand on the glass and things mm-hmm. like that. That's not in there. But when she the big one where she dumps paint on the guy's face and you can see it That was just in the trailer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't Like what the hell who, who what marketing person was just like was Let's just like, away. "Yeah, this is a good this is a good idea."
1: You know, there was some study though done and everyone was very confused. The movie was called The Invisible Man. And someone's like, well, I don't understand. I couldn't see anything the whole time. They're like, oh, okay, we're going to have to show people.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, what the closest connection that an audience member has to this is what, Hollow Man from the 90s? Oh,
0: That movie does not hold up. With Kevin Bacon, that movie, so, I think he... I think there's a sexual assault in that movie. <laughs> that movie does not hold up the way that you would think.
2: All right, let's go. Spoiler time.
0: Spoiler alert. All right. So, the big thing is um is that and we're just going to ruin this for you. So, if you're listening, skip way ahead, Connor Earmuffs, if you don't if I don't even know if you'll see this movie. Um <laughs> the the big spoiler is is that there actually is a guy there is a guy he is uh, uh what is it? a camera expert
3: optics what, expert opti- <laughs> optics that's all we get
0: yeah he's a what that means we don't know now you're y'all are gonna destroy this movie for me um <laughs> the he's an optics expert and he makes literally like an invisible man sort of suit so if you uh if you also the suit and he can disappear I don't know they don't explain how they don't explain why what he's making it for apparently he's making it to to hunt down his ex-girlfriend
2: that is my biggest nitpick of this um out of everything because we're presented this film that adrian is the steve jobs of optics whatever that is um and he makes this suit for no apparent reason other than he is a super genius and he can do that. Um, but it's not for military purposes. It's not for government purposes. It's not for a private sector. He's just doing it. So the end goal the whole time of the suit is just to stalk Elizabeth Moss? Because we're <laughs> told through exposition that Elizabeth Moss was told by Adrian that... If she were to ever run away he would follow her and she would never know so it th- this is a premeditated greatest piece of technology in american or really earth history and its entire purpose is just to stop elizabeth moss
0: yeah the guy the guy could sell this to the highest military bidder for billions of dollars and he's just <laughs> like i'm gonna use it to stalk my girlfriend <laughs> why not i not and also i mean What's the uh, what's the word? I think it's called tryptophobia.
2: Oh, the uh. the holes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where if you're not like if you if you you can't see a bunch of holes in like a pattern, if you have that, don't go see this movie because <laughs> that suit is like it looks like a bunch of eyeballs. It's nuts. It's kind of gross. But it, spoil to 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 spoil it is it, she starts to go crazy, like really insane. She she can't step outside she's so scared and i think it's a a decent portrayal you know uh, i'm not one but a decent portrayal or they tried to go for a woman that is getting out of her abusive relationship and so that's kind of where the story was leading and that's sort of the allegory behind this whole film anyway um and so she can't go outside she can't step towards the mailbox so they so they try little by little and she finally starts getting her life back together but then things start to happen like the gas on the stove turns on or the like a knife disappears or like uh, somebody like pulls the covers off of her and stuff City like that. He gets she starts, punched
2: in the face.
0: That's the big one. All right. Skip all the way ahead <laughs> to that. She starts to go kind of insane. She says somebody's in here. Aldous Hodge is like, no one is in here. Just describing the plot. And the his daughter who this woman has put $10,000 a month in a bank account for her to go to college, punches her in the face from five feet away. That was the big one. And then, and then she starts to, after that, go literally insane. But I think the thing is, is that, okay, well, you get, he's leaving you $5 million if you can be deemed mentally competent. No.
3: That, so that's where... Though she doesn't get into a crime. If she doesn't get in trouble for anything, then she gets to keep the money. And that's why, I guess, he kills the—or she, spoiler alert, he forces her hand to kill the sister. So then she, in turn, gets put away. And then, I guess— What did we think?
0: I don't, Wait, that Alan, does, what does not sound exactly legally enforceable at all. Is
1: that
3: in his will? <laughs>
0: It is in his will. Okay, the lawyer. A- absolutely it, let's, not. <laughs> let's let's break, let's break this one down here for the lawyer. The um, she gets five million dollars in coming upon that she cannot be found um, to have committed a crime, or and then there's another caveat that she cannot be found to be committed uh, mentally unstable.
2: No, so that's where it deviates. That's not in the film. That's only in the trailer.
0: I thought that was when they were in the. In the insane asylum.
2: No. uh, So the trailer, he says, he brings nothing up about the crime. He just says, like, hey, if you're found mentally incompetent, you don't get the cash. They omitted that from the film. It's only about the crime.
0: Oh, is that is that legally binding, Connor?
1: You can't just like cut your wife out of a will. He's not his wife. Oh, they're dating. Or what's the what's the situation? Technically, they're
0: not married in this movie; they're living together. Oh yeah, I guess
1: then he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> I mean, <laughs>
0: so uh, yeah. So the big the way that she's uh, the way that she's she's found guilty of a crime is they're sitting in a crowded restaurant, and the invisible man walks up and slashes his sister's throat with a knife that came out of nowhere. Her sister. Yeah, her sister's throat with a knife and she just dies and everyone freaks out because the knife gets put in her hand. Very quickly. I thought that scene I that was the most shocked I've been by a movie scene this year. Sorry. Sue me. Sorry. I know y'all probably don't like it.
3: I don't have to say that's not shocking. It definitely was. I think my biggest upset or what took me out immediately were some of the choices made between one, the choices between her and her sister, how that relationship was never fully Established and never yeah. seemed to, we never got to understand really any part of the relationship. It starts off that we're supposed to believe that there's a little bit of turmoil with them, but not enough so much that would explain that they're not a part of each other's lives. I would assume mm-hmm. they're not very close at this point because she's in an abusive relationship. It seems that he's keeping her from friends and family. Uh, but then it devolves into really bizarre behavior especially once the sister re- receives that fake email that clearly could not have been written by her I don't know why she was reading this and thinking oh this sounds like her she talks like this and then immediately dismisses her upon her arriving at her apartment to talk it was just mm-hmm. I and then my, the thing that took me out I think immediately and this was probably what in the first half hour 20 minutes when she escapes from the home Yep. when her sister <laughs> meets her outside of the woods on a road. Elizabeth Moss is clearly very frantic. She's uh, visibly upset. There's clearly a sense of urgency with um, her needing to get out of there. She's got a duffel bag. Before her even getting in the car, one would assume, okay, she is escaping someone. She is leaving someone. When she gets in the car, instead of flooring it like anyone else should upon seeing your sister in this state. She parks, sits in park and goes, What's going on? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Go.
0: Are you are you okay? This Do is I look not okay? the time.
3: <laughs> we can talk about this later.
0: That was that was sort of like the like they established, okay, well they're their sister and yada yada, and you're just automatically supposed to be like, Oh yeah, well family. Yeah. You know, where you're here, you're family. <laughs> and um <laughs> Olive Garden. <laughs> they should have put in an Olive Garden spot in this. Um, Sonic
2: already did. Let's just bring it back. Uh,
0: yeah, good lord. Um, they, but they don't, that was sort of a complaint I had when the, because the, the payoff was, it was shocking but the payoff wasn't necessarily there, especially like where you're saying with the email where it was like where it was like all of a sudden she, she hasn't talked to her sister what I assume is three years because they right. met in like, yeah. this couple met in 2017 apparently. Mm-hmm. And now well, she gets an email. Date
2: the film too, by just putting that year in there.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just like, like it's uh, really? we, we met
2: three years ago, and this could take place whenever.
0: Exactly. So. Uh, it, <laughs> I don't know like that email though that email scene where she just shows up the door and she's clearly going insane and she's just like get away from me I never want to see you again
3: yeah I would hope my sister would be like are you okay like this doesn't sound like you what's going on but instead she just uh, pretty much just shuts the door in her face and tells her to get away from her
0: there are some narrative I will say there are some narrative plot points uh, plot holes in this movie like you were saying and that's why I kind of had to take a little bit off of it if they if they had shored some of those things up and not just gone for more tension which I think is what they're really going for mm-hmm. um, then I think this movie is even higher score for me but because of the tension and because of Moss's performance is what I wanted to say earlier because of that uh, I think that the uh, like I think it just sits better for me because it is such good storytelling even regardless of the plot points. Like I don't necessarily think that Lee Wanell is a great writer, but I think he's a great writer for like this genre, especially if you've seen like Connor was saying um Upgrade, which does a fantastic job of just sort of pacing and keeping you on the edge of your seat and things like that. That was uh, that was one of the more underrated movies, Connor, you kept telling me to go see that movie and I finally uh, totally rented it for a amount of money on my computer and watched it.
1: If you look at the movies that Blumhouse has made just, just going on Wikipedia the profit that they make on some of these movies is absolutely dumb. Glass, $20 million budget $247 mm-hmm. million dollar box office Halloween, okay that Halloween remake that somehow had Jamie Lee Curtis in it $10 million budget $255 million. First Purge, $13 million budget, $137 million box office? Some of these make no sense. Insidious, they, the last key. That's what? It's like the fifth Insidious movie. $10 million budget, $167 million.
0: He somehow has this formula or has established this formula since like the job, uh, the Jaws movie, the Saw movie, that like... You can spend this much on the movie and use way more on marketing, I think, and it will pay off in the long run, especially when you market towards the 13 to 17 year old age demographic, because those are the people that he figures are just going to go see the movie or their parents will buy them a ticket to go see the movie. So this one I don't think was made for that because he has come out like he did get out. Like, Blumhouse did get out.
1: Right. It's it's interesting to look at the types of um, directors that they had, too. I mean, at one point in 2012, he had Barry Levinson direct a film for him. (laughs) Barry Levinson, by the way, directed Rain Man, uh, is an Academy Award-winning director. But now he's doing Blumhouse stuff. That's crazy
0: he'll give shots to people that are maybe on their last or give shots to people to like actually do director directorial things like Jason Bateman uh, and things like that. So like, he's, uh, he's really giving them a shot. Moving back a little bit and we'll just wrap this up because I feel like we could talk about this for an hour, but what did we think about the ending or the whole sort of ending thing? Uh, Jake, what did you think about where it was just like, uh, all right, well now it's the brother. And then it's not Um, because I didn't understand it. Because I called that it would be the brother, sure. But then I just didn't under because it was just it seemed too easy. But I thought that he was literally just going to be dead. Like I thought that the that Adrian Adrian was going to be dead yeah. I think I would have liked that more if Adrian was just actually dead. That would have paid off more for me. I feel like I don't know.
2: Well, so we we kind of need to go back and talk about Elizabeth Moss being pregnant. Because that oh, yeah. is a plot point oh, for no reason. <laughs> really?
3: Real quick on that one. Just as a fun like science bit for everyone and how uh, birth control works. Uh, what does not make sense to me is that this woman could pull off making a murder look like a suicide but did not think that maybe she should get an IUD instead of going out of the house risking her life once a month to get pills. <laughs> Because it's assumed that this is a, when she gets in the garage, there's only one car. I'm assuming this is his car. She has no means of getting out on her own unless she's secretly calling lifts once a month. But to believe that she's going out and getting the pill every month, and he supposedly doesn't figure it out for, I guess, some time. But then is replacing them as placebos. It just didn't add up to me. I don't understand how she didn't think that far ahead, or they didn't really explain how she was going about getting them, or... I don't know. Just a lot of things fell flat for me on these the choices here.
0: Well, uh, I'm going to let you handle that because the last <laughs> thing that I know about is uh, women's birth control. So. And
3: clearly neither does the director. So. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, nobody, no, no woman on the set thought once to be like, you know what? Like, hey, um, Lee,
2: by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what Scientologist's approach to birth control is, so I'm not entirely sure Elizabeth Moss was questioning it.
0: Oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is getting. This is the most aggressive podcast we've ever had. Um, <laughs> so, Elizabeth Moss being pregnant is a central plot point for no particular reason. Which, by the way, given how in the fight scene in the house alone, that child is not alive. Like, he beats the shit out of her.
3: Let alone the stress oh. he's putting her under.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the timelines are really confusing between when Adrian and Tom found out she was pregnant and then like when she found out, because she finds out in the insane asylum, because they obviously did a blood test. Like, Hey, by the way, not only are you taking, you know, some sort of like, yeah, you're also pregnant. So Tom and Adrian would have found out like at the same time about the baby i guess from there so for them to have this whole convoluted plan revolving around elizabeth moss relenting and agreeing to give up the five million dollars and she won't be stalked by the invisible man anymore she just needs to go back with adrian and raise the child that doesn't fully make sense Because the timelines for them to figure out she's pregnant just don't match up for this really long, convoluted plan. Um, And it's not really fully explained why Tom is a part of this, other than he's just been so abused and is so brainwashed by his brother from Lifelong Torment that basically Adrian just has to call him up and be like, hey, let's stage a suicide. I'm going to stalk my ex now, and you're going to be a part of this. Um, So that... Tom's involvement really threw me off. I do agree. It was very expected because Tom is very creepy in this film. He's his part is very I mean, he's he's too much into the film for him to not be somehow a part of this in a grand scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that
0: was like photographed for me. Like I just was uh, yeah, or telegraphed like, rather. I was just like, you know what? He That's just coming. keeps
2: showing up. You're like, oh, OK, you are a part of this somehow. Duh. Um, but. There's the very ending where, one, they kind of rip off some shots from Gone Girl, especially slitting his throat and she looking into the camera and screaming. Um, That part doesn't make sense either because it could be easily wrapped up. The whole thing is she's trying to entrap him and basically get him to admit that he was the invisible man stalking her and that he slit... Her sister's throat, and you know, punched Sydney in the face and technically trashed the cop's house and all that. All she really needed to do was walk up and be like, Hey, Adrian, how did you know I was pregnant? Because in your timeline, you've been locked in my basement the whole time, so how did you know I was pregnant? And that would have foiled the whole thing.
0: Well, we do, yeah, it would have, but I mean. Come on, man!
2: I know. I just.
3: I also love the he knows that he, she's pregnant, and when she gets there, he serves her sushi and wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, As like you do. <laughs> media, like
0: like rare steak and stuff like yeah. that. Like, just all the things that a that a pregnant woman needs.
1: What's his motivation? What? Why did he like keep this woman in his house and not let her go outside?
0: Apparently, he is a. Just a sociopath controlling. They don't really give any backstory to it. Apparently, he's just a megalomaniac, sociopath billionaire that loves and controls power, and that's all we really know about it. You don't see this guy for about for only about five minutes of the film.
2: No. Yeah, he shows up at the end, and that's it.
3: And I struggled to understand what was the purpose behind that. I spent the whole movie going, okay are we supposed to not see him to fear him as much as she fears him? Or what was the motive behind not showing him the entire time?
0: Not showing any flashbacks of the, I mean, you know, like, uh, like they didn't waste, like I said, they they didn't waste any time with like character building really or anything in this, in this universe. I don't know. And to, to answer your question, he's just the whole backstory of it is that he's literally like, I I want to control something. I control everything in my yeah. life. So I'm going to control Elizabeth Moss. And she says like, you know, oh, you could have had anybody. Why did you choose mm-hmm. me or whatever? Which is sort of a, you know, throwaway line. But and you like, still don't it, get
3: it, the answer to that either.
2: <laughs> no, There's a throwaway line by Tom when they're doing the will reading where one, he kind of vaguely implies that Elizabeth Moss is a gold digger. But then... Basically, he's like, all these women just threw themselves at Adrian because of his money. But Elizabeth Moss only liked him for him. So for her to run away, Adrian was like, well, you're the one I never could control. So I have to control you, which is an absurd motivation, even for a sociopath medical maniac.
0: And it's weird because it's like, I don't know. It's just like...
2: Again, he has an invisible suit. He could... (laughs) murder the president and become like world domination and instead he wastes all of his time on Elizabeth Moss so like his motivations as a character are very just
3: wild but even the abusive tendencies don't really track how does she have the password to his Lucius Fox basement of you know (laughs) gadgets and toys how does she have such a strong relationship with another man like I don't understand nothing adds up I don't understand
0: I mean the the all of a sudden being able to just show up at your you know friend's childhood friend's door and be like, "Please let me stay with you and your and your daughter <laughs> like I, like is sort of is, is sort of interesting. I don't know i th- I wish there was a little bit more explaining of how they fake the murder and how yeah. why his brother was in the suit at the very end. You know, because they don't, he just shows up in the suit. And I, like I was saying, I thought it was just going to be like, okay, well, he's actually been doing this shit. And that would have been a better payoff to me if he had actually like died or killed himself or something like that. Especially if it was like a
3: situation where he found out that Elizabeth Moss was in the will and he's like, oh, I'm going to kill my brother and then frame her for it and then get the money. That would have been so much better.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But then they're just like, well, he was trapped in the basement. Well, how did they do that? Why was he in the suit? all of a sudden you know like i don't know yeah i didn't get that i didn't get that part like how they switched that
2: well so it's implied that there's multiple suits and i think we see them when elizabeth moss does the escape because she goes into the lab to turn off all the security cameras and like it's a brief shot but when she walks in there's like three suits that are on a mannequin so i think there are three suits and that's what ends up happening. Elizabeth Moss steals one. Tom has one for some reason. I guess Adrian has one. So I I guess in this world, Tom is really doing all the dirty work, and Adrian is just floating around the house in the invisible suit. Just yeah. Who obviously an <laughs> invisible man shows up at Adrian's house, which is actually like a fortified compound.
0: Which is like the fact that he didn't find that. So like, why is she in the closet? Oh, now she's out of the closet. She didn't. You like. What? Like, why did Yeah, she didn't, he didn't find the hidden suit?
2: Or even, like, go to his lab and be like, oh, hey, I'm missing an invisible suit. One of the things exactly. that ever exists. Like, that's very... Because if we go back to, like, the, him being trapped in the basement, that means he finds out his brother died, realizes that the police are probably going to raid the compound for some reason, and he had to sprint, nail himself into the basement, and then just wait. <laughs>
0: they'll never find hopefully they or come. he just hired that whiff okay.
2: driver that's totally okay with driving all over central california
0: yeah i don't know I, there are some narrative holes i think my whole thing was the whole tension of the movie um probably nitpick it to death but i think overall i liked it whatever sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry, sorry about it uh, you did ruin it i'm never gonna watch it again probably <laughs> uh, i actually probably won't watch it again yeah, but really no for for no a, secondary payoff there are worse movies that you could go see right now. Maybe. Sonic. Um, the, the things that I did like about the movie, I love the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. I love the way that they were able to use sort of practical effects, like knives falling off the counter or ladders moving or whatever. Or like, mm-hmm. uh, It was kind of interesting how they, they probably filmed just a dude in a green suit Fighting Elizabeth, <laughs> kicking Elizabeth Moss' ass up and down the uh, kitchen and stuff like that. That yeah. was actually really interesting. Um, I liked Aldis Hodge, even though he wasn't in the movie for, like, didn't have a ton to do. But uh, I don't know why he's not more famous.
2: I don't even know what his filmography is.
0: Straight out of Compton ah. is one of them. Plays MC Wren. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Aldis Hodge. I think he should be more famous. Let, I'll just put that. Um, anything right. that y'all, anything else that y'all disliked or liked about this movie?
2: Uh, I mean, I can nitpick it to death, and I won't. Um, I feel like we've attacked it too much. I will agree. I think there wasn't a bad acting performance. I, I, I think for what the film was, and I'm sure the script really was pretty sparse because I think everybody really is just giving their all in terms of just a lot of pregnant silences a lot of just staring at each other a lot of just letting tension build so i think with what was given to every actor i think they handled it extremely well like i think it is a very well acted film i think everybody is out there trying their best because i think this is could easily have fallen apart as like a c-level horror film where people are really phoning it in and Mm Even like the Lyft driver is is killing it in his own way. So like I think there isn't a wasted part here. I don't think there's um, any actor that's just phoning it. Like I think they're all just doing what they can with what they have.
0: That Lyft driver is like I'm driving you from downtown San Francisco across the bridge. You sure that you want to? I found that I found that really funny. He's like it's a long way, and she's like please take me. And I was like, which by the way,
2: he showed way more concern for her well being than her sister did at the beginning.
0: It's a very good point. Shout driver, out to that Lyft driver.
2: I mean, shout out to Lyft. Like, oh, they just got a huge boost.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, it is worth saying that this was sort of almost a salvage project because of the Dark Universe. Nobody really expected this. When this first trailer came out, I was like, no way this is good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I just was like, there's just... like I'm not a huge Elizabeth Moss fan. Nothing against her. Like She's great in Mad Men. Just something about her. I just can't really get behind but she does such a good job of just acting with her face and with her eyes and things like that that it's hard not to see how talented she is but i just something she i don't know she's not i'm not going to a movie for elizabeth moss but her performance was really good Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i don't know i just think i just think for this being like a salvage project this could have been so much worse
2: oh for sure for sure
0: and I actually think it was a good movie. So we're going to keep saying that. We're going to have to fight one day.
2: Um... This portion of the podcast. So if you're hoping to hear more of his hot lawyer takes or his love of Blumhouse films, unfortunately, he will no longer be a part of this podcast. So
1: carry on. Shit. All right.
3: That's two against one. I didn't have
0: backup. That's fine.
2: I know I was supposed to play the in here, and I failed my own whims.
0: Well, you know what? I'm just gonna blame Dex for taking a nap at 7:30 at night. What's so that kid doing? He
2: was at the rodeo okay. all night last night. Anyway, I'll Whatever. Kind of out. I'm
0: not gonna call <laughs> him. Uh, I am uh, the, <laughs> So moving on to uh, listener questions, um, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to fight you, Jake, because um, you got on my Instagram and were like, "Why was the Invisible Man trash?" When I want to ask for listener questions.
2: I didn't actually mean for you to include that in this. <laughs> I was testing so, the
0: system. So am I going to have to drive up? Are we going to have to fight?
2: We'll do it. We'll do
0: yeah. it. Uh, that was one of a few uh, <laughs> listener questions that we got, and I put uh, the I disagree meme with that. So, Oh, we need to talk welcome. about
2: Icon Jones because I think it's out now. It's on Netflix now.
0: Hey, we got to, we will talk about that one. Um, Damn, we'll, sure. s- we'll start with, uh, we'll start with this one. Um, my sister has asked so many times and she wants us to talk about it. So shout out Brittany Whitaker. Why do they keep making all the Disney live action remakes And to her? I said, uh, because they short answer is they keep making a billion dollars.
2: Yeah. It's all money. It's nostalgia play for money.
0: Connor, do you have an answer for that? I mean, it literally, and they haven't all been bad. I think, I think it, um, like the Lion King wasn't anything different. They just were like these are real life, and they just weren't. It was just all animation. So I don't, the fact that they did that was weird. But like, um, and apparently Dumbo was hot garbage, which who would have thought? But if we keep, or if we're the hogs, we keep eating up the slop. They're gonna keep Disney's like there. This is what I meant to say. There is a battle for IP no matter where you are, there is a battle for any IP, but Disney has this wealth of IP. And they're just like, why not do it again? Mm -hmm. Like if we don't have to pay anybody for new intellectual property and we don't have to pay anybody to write new scripts and also for people like my sister's age, you know, 30 and up, they literally all grew up with this stuff. So a lot of them like, what else are you going to take your kids to see? Sonic Sonic like no thanks like uh, like when they come out with the Shrek live action I'm going to take my kids to see that if I you know if that ever happens so like I'll eat up the slop I don't give a shit 7 bucks <laughs> plus so I'm going to make a
2: blanket statement to go along with that but I'm also not at tap with children movies market but I feel like there aren't a lot of kid movies being released or as much as I believe that they used to be.
0: Like, what do you, like, you just don't, like, you don't, like, new I mean, kids I'm also playing because on, like, Pixar still.
2: Yeah. But like, I don't know. In some, for some reason, I'm, I'm also granted that's all I focused on, but I feel like my childhood growing up to sort of adulthood, like, there's been a decrease in the amount of children-based films that have been released. But then again, I'm not paying attention to that market. So I could be way off base there.
0: I think where they are though, oh, they're in, um, yeah, I think he froze. So we'll uh, he'll come back. Um, I think where they are though is a lot of this stuff now is on streaming.
2: Yeah. That's what I was like. A lot of the,
0: at. yeah, a lot of the shit that you would, um, Oh no! What happened? Your awful. PC ran into a problem and needs to restart. Oh shit! This podcast <laughs> he just has fallen apart. Uh, fallen apart at the seams. He just said, "He just said, what the fuck?" <laughs> is what he
2: just texted me. Oh, not your. I thought you were saying your PC did.
0: No, no, no. His, uh, his just has to restart. It's at forty percent complete. So sorry, Connor. Hopefully, we can get you back in before this ends. Um, so I think where all the just crap. Movies that would have come out when we were, or like come out on VHS or whatever when we were a kid, mm-hmm. like that just goes on to Netflix or now Disney Plus. Or but just whatever. think
3: about how much easier that is for a parent. Instead of having to lug your kid around, go pay, you know, X amount of dollars to go yeah, take him sure. to a movie where they're not going to pay attention. They're going to likely get up, scream, you know, what have you. It's probably just so much easier to like park in front of a TV or an iPad and be like, yeah. here, this is already available. Let's just watch this. That's true. I
0: mean, That's go true. on. Uh, I mean, go on YouTube right now and it'll just be it, the, the all the kids' videos, which some are real weird. I don't know if you've like ventured out, like seen the articles about those like weird things that people will put into kids' videos. But like the the ones that aren't terrible all have hundreds of millions of views. Kids sure. cannot get enough of that shit. So it's just like it, 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 you're right Mallory it's so much easier um, another thing that uh, Brittany will wrap up Brittany's questions because she had a couple but she said we need to and this is just going to be a completely different podcast but she said we need you to talk about classic movies that you've never seen she said she hadn't seen Shawshank and oh. yeah I know this is just a completely different podcast well, because TNT I haven't ever Sunday. literally that's what I said it's on AMC or TNT all the time Like a three hour block that they can just put in without cutting anything out. But, um,
2: our boy Roger Deacons,
0: shout out Freaky Deaky. Uh, the, (laughs) the, I mean, this will just be a completely different podcast probably next week because I just haven't seen Godfather. Like, I just hadn't, it's just one of the, yeah, it's just one of those things that I've just missed.
2: Come spend Thanksgiving with Mallory and I. It's our, now it's our Thanksgiving tradition. It's a Thanksgiving tradition? Yeah,
3: I don't know
0: why. It's on TV on Thanksgiving, AMC. Yeah. <laughs> it's on. Well, that's, I talk about those movies all the time, AMC and TNT movies. So I might. That's, that's such a. I guess I sit out and park my ass in front of a TV for six hours of football. So I might as well <laughs> be able to, to watch something that's actually good. Um, so yeah, we'll do eventually, Brittany, we'll do a, a podcast over movies that we haven't seen. Is there any like classic movies that you just have not seen or missed or any like recently good movies?
3: I have not seen frozen, which speaking of children's movies, yeah.
0: that one's know. tough. Cause that made the most money.
2: <laughs> um, I watched the first 10 minutes of that. And that first 10 minutes is full of like six different songs. And I was like, I, I, I can't deal with this. And I tapped out. Um, Man, that's such a loaded question because there are so many classic movies. I was raised in a house where my mom would basically like have TCM, TMC, T, TCM on all the time. I get that so. one. Turner Classic. Yeah, yeah, So I was raised on like a lot of old movies. Um, oh, one that I haven't watched all the way through is Gone with the Wind. I, that's a movie I've seen in like chunks, but I've never actually sat down and watched the whole thing.
0: You know, the messaging behind that movie doesn't <laughs> hold up in twenty twenty.
3: You don't say. Aged terribly. I, it, it,
0: the the racism is sort of aged out, if you will, of that movie. Um yeah, but apparently, you know, it is masterclass in cinema, but I guess so was uh that uh Birth of a Nation when it came out as well too. But
2: and it's Redux.
0: Ugh. Yikes. Um So yeah, The Godfather's. I hadn't seen that. I also haven't seen like recently. Like I don't know if I. No, I don't think I've seen Moonlight, really. So, so Uh, it's it's just a lot. It's on
3: Netflix. Have you seen it? Uh, I I haven't finished it. I started. Haven't finished it.
2: Academy Award winning Moonlight. We didn't. Oh yeah, I
0: gotta watch that. Um, Amy. Uh, Amy Dillon uh shout out amy on instagram she asked uh will they ever stop making fast and furious films and to that yeah, i said to, to that i said no they will like it depends on what you mean by ever because uh ever could be like i said 80 year old vin diesel mumbles something about family as cars drag race across <laughs> mars because that's where we're going they're going it, to space it
2: has to It has to i mean we've gone to it we've been in like a, a soviet submarine i mean we've jumped tanks over bridges like we're going to space somehow but we're going to space this is a film series that went about illegal street racing to now we're stopping nuclear annihilation like the fast and furious movies in my mind take place in like a similar universe as avengers where like random ass people can be superheroes it's just these happen to involve cars um will it stop actually i do see a, a a foreseeable future where fast and furious movies will stop because there's been the divergence where vin diesel and the rock will never like be in the same room together and so they form separate series We have the Hobbs and Shaw's now and then, you know, fast nine coming at the same time Uh, or not the same time, but like relatively the same time. So I think actually there is a foreseeable future because I don't think either is going to be able to hold up on its own for multiple more sequels.
0: I think you're right. And I, the, the problem is, is like, they'll start to diverge or like, because Ryan Reynolds was in like Hobbs and Shaw, like that'll be like start to maybe start being a really big franchise. It didn't, it wasn't good I watched that the other day it, like it wasn't mm-hmm. a good movie but it was entertaining I, I guess yeah. <laughs> like, None was, of them are
2: good like you're just in it for the cool cars and the guns
0: is the definition of turn your brain off but like the you know so it'll be interesting to see how they but I think the rocks in the next one
2: yeah I think like they still have to do something together based on contractual but like for some reason the rock and Vin Diesel Hate each other, and I don't know where it comes from. I know that The Rock got sort of hate because his famous line a couple years ago is that he's like Viagra for film series. He makes it better, whenever it's falling apart. So that might have had that was an SNL sketch, really
0: franchise. Yeah, franchise Viagra. Um, Shout out that dumb (laughs) SNL sketch is one of their best ones in a while. But yeah, I think he'll be. I think they'll do. I think they'll. I call it three. I bet they'll do three more. That's a good Listen, I, I, I think I, they'll I end not. on like 12 or whatever. Make it like the longest running film series ever. Um, okay. So we have this from uh, Ev- uh, Everett Manser says, well, do we want to do um, the Dark Knight? This will actually be really quickly. The Dark Knight trilogy.
2: What's the question?
0: He says, which trilogy is best Dark Knight, Captain America or Iron Man? He says, I know Dex's take, but I'm curious to hear the discourse I don't know Dex's take. We don't even have him here to like talk about. Uh, So which one do y'all think? Captain America, Iron Man or Dark Knight? Like this is actually a no brainer.
2: It is. I mean, it's it's Dark Knight hands down. I will say Batman Begins is the weakest of that series. And it's the one I never actually seek out or watch. But still, that, that Nolan trilogy is perfect. It's perfect.
0: I don't. I disagree. I think the third one's actually the worst to me. I like the villain in it more. I like the villain in it more, but I'd I'd like the story more of Batman Begins. Mallory, do you have a take?
3: Be that I have not seen a single Iron Man movie. <laughs> only two are going to be what between. What the? <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, between Captain America or Dark Knight, so I'm gonna have to go with Dark Knight.
0: Um, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I like. I mean, out of those three, like. The first Iron Man's so entertaining and it came out of nowhere mm-hmm. in 2008 to spark what we know now, like 12 years later as one of the best things in comic book history or like best things in cinema came out of just that one film on accident. Mm-hmm. And so like that movie came out of nowhere. So entertaining. Surprisingly, one of my dad's favorite movies, which is a weird thing. Like in 2008, he was like, fuck yes. This, uh, this yeah. is awesome. But um it, but all, out of all of those only one of them have a, has a perfect film which is The Dark Knight.
2: I will say that Captain America: Winter Soldier is my favorite of the Avengers series, but that's also That is so good though. Yeah. That's also a film that exists within the Avengers universe. Like you that's basically one of the Avengers films. Because you get basically the whole cast. There's a lot of stuff that happens in that film that has implications of like the big tentpole films. That it it basically is like I think it's right before Ultron or right after. I forgot what the timeline is, and I know I'm gonna get flagged for my friends on that one. <laughs> but whereas Dark Knight, like it, it's just Batman. Like in in whereas like Winter Soldier, it's you still get you know Black Widow and. Captain America and all those guys, and Iron Man obviously, and you get the Winter Soldier showing up. So it it is its own little tentpole film in that universe. Whereas Dark Knight, like that movie, stands on it, its own. It's still talked about. It's won every award. You still have the best villain of all time. It's a perfect film.
0: Yeah, and I think like when, when we look back on it, I think Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in the first Iron Man is going to be looked at as like one of the better comic book movie performances of all time, but then you just had one of the best movie performances of all time in the dark Knight*. Like the best villain, definitely the best villain of all time, but like one of the best movie before. And I know people have really, you know, it's almost like it's almost gotten old to how much people have overblown Heath Ledger's performance because you know, They they hold it up there with they hold it up there with some of the best stuff of all time. But it really is it really is just incredible. And it it has been it's something that's tried to be copied in several other films and they just have not been able to do it. I mean it's still a
2: comparison point. Like we're about to get the Robert Pattinson Batman, or we're now starting to get the leaks of it. And the first comparison that everybody's going back to is like how does this compare to Nolan's Dark Knight? Does the Batmobile look as cool to the Tumblr? Does his suit look as cool as Christian Bale's suit? Like, it's going to be what Batman is for generations to come. Like, whereas, you know, the '60s through, I mean, the '70s had Adam West, and then you know, you kind of had the, you um, know, it. Uh, I just lost it for the '80s Batman's. Uh, yeah Michael Keaton you had is those is
0: that Batman this is Batman
2: <laughs> um, and then you know we now we have Christian Bale and the Christian Bale Batman like I think is that pinnacle that is going to be compared to for Batman until you know like 30 40 years from now when they make another Batman and it's raised to mm-hmm. the next higher standard but it's such a perfect film that it's it's, it's hard to top it and when they do top it, it's going to be the best film of all time.
0: I would hope so. What I mean, we don't do news a lot on this part, but we've already broke that barrier. What do you think of the Batsuit? The new one?
2: I have really no opinion on it because I, I think we're kind of at a point now that every suit runs together. Like even Ben Affleck's Batsuit was cool. It, it's Batman. Batman's suit always has to be cool. I will say I'm not a huge fan of the new Batmobile. It looks you don't like out the of, Dodge
0: Challenger. Yeah, it's, just, it's
2: straight out of Mad Max. Like it's a weird choice.
0: Well, I think what they were going for there is what I've seen and heard is that it's sort of the old, um, bringing it back to the old uh, Adam West type Batman. Yeah. But it's weird when you see the suit, but then you see that. It's like, which one are we doing here? Are we doing the, but you know, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm guessing they're gonna do this Batman and more of a, like he's really just Bruce Wayne that kind of knows Kung Fu and could take a couple of punches, but really he is just a vigilante that's just bootstrapping this whole thing together.
0: What I, you know, what I've read is that it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a detective film with a shit ton of villains mm-hmm. is pre- pretty much the press release that's been released. So we'll see how that goes. Um, wow. That was a longer discussion than I thought we were going to have. I thought it was just going to be the dark night moving on. Um, so, uh, this one, I don't know anything about, so hopefully y'all know what does the Oscar nominated movie a more, uh, have to say about us, uh, as a society in general, that's from, uh, let's see on Twitter. It says Cody Marstaller, but it's at Reese McClanahan, McClanahan. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Sorry. I don't know your actual name. Uh, I, uh, yeah guys any takes i'm
3: literally googling this i've never seen it in my life um let's see Amore.
0: we totally know what this film is about and have seen it and we'll talk about it
3: <laughs> Cody appears to be french uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm i know sure what movie it great. is great a lot of uh actors of the age 60 and up uh Looks great. A romantic tragedy film written and directed by Austrian filmmaker. Blah 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 blah. I have no opinion. I can't say I've seen this. I will look into it since apparently people do have strong opinions.
0: It's gotten really good reviews, um, and of course, it was nominated for a couple of Oscars. I think. I think it was nominated for Best Picture, but it won uh, Best Foreign Film. I think it, it. I think what it has to deal with is a uh, older couple. A woman has a stroke. Um, or, you know, gets a, a debilitating disease and and her, her husband has to care for her. And it just is sort of a look at... And I probably am butchering this, so I'm sorry to people screaming in their car right now. It's probably about uh just where we are as a society of, you know, of couples having to take care of each other and so on and so forth and what that looks like at the end of your life, which hasn't really been touched on a lot. So I get that why people would find
2: it... Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting,
0: but like I said, I mean, I've yeah, like we've seen the movie or whatever, but like if y'all, you know,
2: we have no hard opinions on it.
0: Yeah, we just we just don't really know what to say. We so need like, more time. Yeah. I'm sorry, Cody,
2: Briggs, whatever your name is. We're gonna think about it. We're gonna come back to you. Exactly. we record uh, a special episode for you.
0: Just on a more, there actually may be a one takedown, but it seems too sad to actually be a one takedown. I don't want to take down old people. um <laughs> Okay, so moving on to the questions finally, the questions that dex got and uh this is why we really wanted to have Mallory on the podcast. We needed a female voice because um we didn't want three men just sitting here mansplaining feminism to uh an audience Good move, so good move. <laughs> so she he got, he got a question is actually a really well thought out question better than the ones about like you know that we normally get like. What size underwear does Captain America wear inside the suit? Like, <laughs> we are uh, starting to
2: get thoughtful followers.
0: We are actually so it's like talk to me about feminism in film and how Greta Gerwig is revolution revolutionizing the feminist. And we have a couple of uh, like more we have a couple of questions that are lighter to end on. Uh, but what do you think about that question? Because Is she revolutionizing the feminist movement in film or just the feminist in general as we've seen it?
3: I'm going to say an answer, but then I want to defend it because I feel like I'm going to say something and then it's going to get divisive. I'm going to say no, but to, you know, move past that. I don't, I think she herself wouldn't really say she's revolutionizing feminism in film. I think We're, Lady Bird and Little Women, I thought were both extraordinary. Jake will tell you I openly wept in both. <laughs> but to say that she's revolutionizing, no. Uh, these are uh, it's a, these are white stories made by a white woman. Uh, until we're, the, we're making stories that are inclusive of all women, I don't think we're revolutionizing much, if anything at all. Uh, granted, yes, like I said, Incredible performances, incredible writing. Uh, she's an incredible storyteller. But to say that she's revolutionizing feminism in film, I wouldn't really push it that far. Uh, I think until you know we're making and creating space for you know more women of color and queer storytellers, uh, you know, it, we're not getting a whole lot done. Uh, not to say she's not going to make more incredible stories in the future, or that she's not going to. Uh, you know, diversify her casting in the future. I hope that she will, that she does. Uh, but I, I wouldn't put her at the helm of uh, revolutionizing feminism and film.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, Dex, you know, the caveat was uh, that the question was worded wrong, but it should say revolutionizing the feminist film, period, not like feminism in film but Mm -hmm. the point still you know the point still stands i think with her is that she's telling stories especially and i you know i haven't seen Lady Bird, but i know what it's about she's telling stories that have already little women especially has already been told for centuries right you know what i mean and so i get where you're going with with your point jake do you have a do you want to follow up (laughs) the well thought out
2: uh um yeah, there's nothing I can really add to what Mallory's saying without sounding like I am mansplaining. I will say that there are other female directors that are doing amazing pieces of work and that are including female members into their cast and crew. And the first person that came to mind was the director of Portrait of Lady on Fire, um, Celine, and I'm not going to pronounce her last name correctly, but like her cinematographer was a woman um, so while Greta Gerwig is sort of kind of becoming the icon for it now and in, in terms of like American audiences because that's the easy, easiest accessible point um, as she was you know nominated for Little Women and was able to be a part of that conversation there are other women that are leading this revolution, along with her that are not getting named, that are not getting the same recognition. But I
3: think an important thing to remember is a lot of this isn't so much... I'm sure there are, like, with Natalie Portman bringing this up, especially around the Oscars, of women who are attempting to make uh, predominantly female-led uh, cast and crews but aren't given the chance or are shut yeah. down. Um, so I think it's also important to remember a lot of this is just... Not to say people, women aren't trying, but they're getting shut down left and right. So until Hollywood becomes a more, you know, inclusive place and allows for, you know, women in storytelling, uh, it's kind of hard to answer. It's it, it's not so much women aren't trying. It's just they're getting shut down on the opportunity to do so.
0: And it's not like women have to tell women's stories <laughs> exactly. or stories about exactly. women. Like you look at Patty Jenkins, uh, what she's doing with the Wonder Woman. And I mean, that is a like, but it's a superhero story, what she's doing mm-hmm. with what she's doing with wonder woman what she did with some of those war sequences that sequence where she walks across the field of no man's land i think i cried in wonder woman when that <laughs> when that came out actually so or you look at uh i just had it, catherine bigelow when she won you know for you know when she got nominated for zero dark 30 and uh and won yeah well no uh she won for oh Kurt locker. locker
3: i'm sorry i'm sorry totally no right. no you're fine and beat her ex-husband
0: and beat amb- <laughs> Hell of a win um, <laughs> over over Avatar, which thank God. And but um, James
2: like, Cameron is currently getting the last laugh, for anyway,
0: I guess so. But like, if you see like the Hurt Locker, that is the most one of the most macho, jarhead you know films that you mm-hmm. see, you know that you can watch, and it's just all about men and male bonding and like that sort of thing. So it's not like women have to be or or should be shoehorned into direct cause it, I mean like if, if she's said anything it's just like anybody can direct anything it's not a it's like so the fact that so the fact that no one especially in this Oscars was nominated for uh was nominated for a best director is 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 sort of astounding and it, it isn't just the Oscars it's just like getting the opportunities to be able to to be able to like you were saying Mallory to be able to do this stuff um the there was a there was a point that i wanted to make if you go listen to uh lights camera podcast lights camera barstool they have a very good um shout out to them they don't even know he exists but they're a really good movie podcast really funny but they have some big time interviews sometimes and they talk to aldous hodge and they had a really in-depth conversation about him as an academy voter and what that meant to him and why he votes the way that he does and he votes for uh pretty much down the line uh minority as far as women in film or or people of color in film he votes down the line for that and he says it's because and it's not just the one time and i'm paraphrasing so don't get mad at me but it's it's not just the one time like that a parasite wins Mm -hmm. or that catherine bigelow goes and wins for for the hurt locker Mm -hmm. or so on and so forth it's having that be the norm that these people not even winning that are just included. They, they, they should be included all the time because, yeah, if you have, you had, if you had one Oscars where there was no white men nominated for anything, you know how big of a bitch fit we would throw? (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: Like it would be, it would be unbearable what you would see on Twitter. And so it's just like, it, it, the, just think of it in the reverse is, is what I would have to say about all of that is my spiel, and I'm sorry if I <laughs> sorry if I was mansplaining feminism, but yeah, the that was my spiel on what they think that um, what direction that I think that it 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 is and should be going more towards. Um, pregnant pause. All right, and we already covered this a little bit, I guess, but it's a best James Bond movie or actor.
2: Skyfall, but I love the Sean Connery's. Um, it's old school. It's 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 sort of like the original um, idea of James Bond as this cool, sexy man that also can just kind of kick ass and shoot people and, and drink cocktails all at the same time. Like I always love Sean Connery, even if it is corny and dated 60s as it is like i'll always love the shot connery ones but skyfall 100 percent, the best bond film
3: i will say on behalf of my father who is a lifelong james bond super fan uh leaving the theater from a skyfall and having him like pause not say anything for a little bit kind of be in shock and then say that was the best bond film he's ever seen was like mind-blowing to me just having spent my entire life just like watching him watch every single movie you know every Saturday Sunday afternoon on you know TNT or whatever whoever's playing it so yeah. and I have to agree that I thought that film was incredible just even not even as a bond film just as a film alone was entertaining start to finish
0: do you have a best bond
3: <sighs> I don't love Seeing it as, you- as much as I mean I'm gonna have to say I really like um oh my good what's no. Um, Sean Connery. No, uh, Syphol. Roger Moore. Oh, Daniel Craig. Yeah, I really Hello? like Daniel Craig.
0: What's the one guy, the guy that like was in one film and then they went back to Sean Connery?
3: Oh,
2: yeah, this is this always comes up in trivia and I never remember. The, uh, it was
0: a poor guy that is like Sean Connery's like I don't want to do this anymore, and then, then they went away for one film and everybody's like boo, and so they. <laughs> So they brought Sean Connery back for what I assume was millions of dollars. But um, I would have to say my favorite, actually, and I don't know if this is best. My favorite is Casino Royale.
3: Ooh, that one's good, too. The my favorite. Right
0: one? Yeah, the day. Yeah. yeah. Not the weird one that they the weird parody one that they made. Um, but it was just so different. Because like, like you, Mallory, I grew up, like we had all of the old, uh, I think we had a box set mm-hmm. of the, of the pure, Pier, not Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> the Sean Connery, um, James Bond films. Like they came in, they, you know, they came in a box of VHS, like six movies, I think. Yep. And if I still have those. They'd actually be worth a lot of money, but I definitely <laughs> lost them somewhere. So I'm sorry, dad. Uh, Cause he loved those movies. He loved Thunderball, From Russia with Love, all those but Thunderball was his movie. I think out of those movies, if we're going like old school, I love From Russia with Love. Like that's a sort of a dated reference. If you haven't seen it, I don't even no, know where you terrible. can I don't even know where you can find them. They're probably to rent on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that I think that since he initiated, I think that Connery's probably the best bond. But I think Daniel Craig comes in a a close second because he brings more depth to that character than anyone ever had in 24, I think, going on. Yeah, the next one will be 25 films. So, and I I don't know. I love Casino Royale.
3: Uh, I think I want to change my answer to Casino Royale because I completely forgot about the resuscitation scene where he has to basically save his own life in the car because that was awesome.
0: (laughs) Watched that the other <laughs> night. That was actually incredible. What's not great is when he gets hit in the nuts by uh Yeah, that's by nice. a, uh,
3: the
2: ship <laughs> container or whatever it is?
0: Yeah, by a rope. He gets hit oh. in the balls like 12 times. That's like every dude...
2: Like a monkey's fizz is what that thing is called? Or yeah. Something.
0: Every every dude is just like audibly going like...
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: I remember my dad going like, like he, because he actually went to the theater. Because my parents don't go to the theater, but they went out of the way to go to the theater and came back. And he was, like, like your dad. He came back and was like, "This is exactly because he read all the books. Because mm-hmm. they, you know, if you don't know, they were all books before. And he read all the books and he said, "This is exactly what I thought when I was staying up till three in the morning to read James Bond books." I was like, "That's a very dated reference, but I get where you're coming from." <laughs> um, but like he. He he loved that movie and when I saw it when I think I came out when I was in like in 7th grade. So like when I saw it I was like this is incredible. This is this is what a spy film is or like what an entertaining film is. And they flip a car like a record amount of times and like mm-hmm. there's like blood and fight scenes and everything else. It's not what like the Sean Connery would swing a punch and you'd he'd miss and you'd hear a cow. Yeah or like he'd shoot somebody with a spear and be like stick around.
2: <laughs>
0: Underrated Bond though. The movies weren't the movies weren't great. Actually the movies were shit except for Goldeneye, but um I was watching clips the other night just cuz I was bored. Uh what's his face is not a bad Pierce Brosnan. Not a bad Bond. Sexy as shit. He was yeah. hot as shit. I don't know if y'all So re- like remember him in Goldeneye? But he was he was looking he was looking good,
2: um, because before that it was Timothy Dalton, and then I forgot who was before that. But those two, yeah. So those two like were Soviet era bonds. So we were only fighting the Russians, and it was very propaganda based. So when we get '90s, early 2000s, Brosnan, like he brought it back to like a Sean Connery level, where everything is like a high class, like I'm going to kill you with a tiny gun. But at the same time, I have a martini in my hand and Halle Berry is on my shoulder. Very sexy, but also very slapsticky funny at the same time.
0: Yeah. He has some, he has some of the best quips. Um, He also points at a, he also points a gun at a woman uh, who tried to kill him and says, no more foreplay. And uh, (laughs) just want to say. What a line. Yeah, what a line Piers Brosnan. Hot as shit. Weird weird bottom teeth though. All right, I'm done judging this guy. Uh, um and finally the last uh, last and final user question. Thank you for submitting these uh I got a lot of, I got like a good response on Instagram, so I think I'm going to keep doing that. But keep sending those in to our Twitter at @onetakepod. Uh Princess Buttercup shouldn't have forgiven Wesley for living uh for years as the dread pirate Roberts there's like there, there's nothing more to say that's just funny that's pretty good
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> look robin ryan had to deal with house of cards and then have aids and forrest got like let her have love in this
3: and had to be married to sean penn so. and actually had to be married to sean penn
0: like in, in irl
3: yeah they're married for several oh. years
0: oh yikes i didn't know that <laughs> The my favorite tweet that I've ever seen, and like shout out to Sean Penn, great actor, probably not great person, but Terrible like man. <laughs> Yeah, like uh somebody just said like when Sean Penn was presenting at the Oscars one time, they just were like, Sean Penn looks like a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and I've net that's never left my brain. That's just like sat that, that tweet was eight years ago. That's always sat in my brain. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't really have anything to say. Like, yeah, like you let me get captured and then you decide to come back for me, Dick.
2: <laughs> he had to learn to fight as the Dread Pirate Roberts. How else was he gonna save her? Before that, that he was a poison. stable boy.
0: Yeah, he did learn how to he did learn how to like survive a poison Oh yeah, I
2: okay uh, powder.
0: God, that movie's so entertaining, but trying to go back and watch it, I tried to watch it with my uh, with my girlfriend. She'd never seen it. And like if you don't have parents that just like show you the movie when you're young, you're not gonna really get it. Um, or like it but like I
2: think
3: I saw it honestly though he's like so hot I think I could look past it I'd be like you know what carry oh, all carry all <laughs> sure he's, he's still beautiful <laughs> to this day uh, That was the,
0: but that was the best looking that he was ever gonna look alright I don't have uh, anything else we're going on 139 uh, Connor unfortunately dropped out several times but he sent me uh, his audio so good luck Jake um <laughs> Yeah, I, I know we rambled about The Invisible Man a little bit. It was kind of all over the place, but uh, I think we got our thoughts in there. Um, we will be seeing, we don't have a takedown scheduled. Uh, I know you want to do Drinking Buddies really badly, so maybe we'll be recording about that tomorrow uh, or Monday. Yeah. I mean, we can cut this out, but I was just, this is behind, peel back the curtain. This is how yeah. we decide how we end um, the show.
2: Yeah, because I, I had a hankering for that film, like, two weeks ago, and Maui and I started watching it and stopped watching it halfway through. We were like, this is this is not a good film. It's not a film that I thought it was the first time we watched it.
0: It's a very 2013 like
2: in-your-feelings indie film, right? It is a duplass film through and through.
3: I think it's just a good movie if you have a crush on Olivia Wilde, and that's about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you ever wanted to work at a brewery, it's a perfect film for you.
3: Well, I mean it's kind of hard
0: not, if we're being honest, like, also Jake Johnson with a really cool beard, like.
3: True. Gorgeous. True.
0: Isn't, like, uh, there's some good people, like Duplass, Olivia Wilde, Jake Johnson, and uh, Yeah,
3: but Ron Livingston, not giving a whole lot to work with. Yeah. Ron,
0: oh, yeah, Ron Livingston's <laughs> yeah. in that movie.
2: None of Duplass is in there. I think they just either directed or produced it, but yeah, Ron Livingston is the fourth in there, and he is. Oh, it's Anna Kendrick. Is. Yeah, yeah. Anna Anna
0: yeah. Um, he's phoning it in. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is
2: in this movie too. Yep, pretty cool. Yeah, we
0: might have to. We might have to watch this one. Um, do you anything else that y'all are streaming? I watched The Rainmaker randomly the other day.
2: Oh, all
0: right. I don't know why.
2: Uh, we just finished Love is Blind. I know we'll do an episode of that. We
0: God, bring I, you back I cannot that. get past episode five. <laughs>
3: Oh, dude! You
2: get you've got ten more episodes left. Eleven. Oh
0: probably. no! And a one on YouTube. Mallory, uh, what you real quick? What do you think about the show?
3: Love is blind. Uh, I thought it was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a masterclass in reality romance television. Um, I have strong opinions about everybody, um, and I hope it goes on for a million more seasons like The Bachelor.
0: <laughs> real quick, who's the worst? <laughs>
3: Oh, um, well, like, I think generally... No, there's everyone, only one, Anne. Okay, no, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Jessica, yes, but watch the reunion. I think it will change your mind a little bit because I feel like she understands the the backlash, and I feel like she watches back and was like, oh, God, this is awful. I'm awful. I need to reevaluate a lot of things, do some self-reflection, some inward, Move to L- some work. Um but I feel like there's a lot of people, like, I Giannina, my God. Um, the, her, her and Damien I, do not make sense to me at all. Damien, I feel like, has zero to no personality. Uh, his personality is just either stern, lockjaw, or crying. Um, <laughs> Mark seems to agree with everything Jessica says, no matter what, no matter how concerning it is. Um, That's
0: what a simp do.
3: Barnett and Amber make sense together because they're both kind of like, you know, a little bit backwards, a little bit. Um,
2: we'll bring you on for our Love's Blind episode because eventually Dex has watched it all and
3: eventually we'll uh, get to there. I will finish it.
0: I'll, I will try we'll on and on I will grind my way through. It's it like, gets man, better
3: with every episode. You got to finish it. It's so good.
0: It's like <laughs> rubbing sand in my eyes, man. It's <laughs> just like... It's so, it's just like great. Have you gotten to just,
3: Amber, like, talking about her debt?
0: No, but I've oh. seen it on Twitter, and okay. it's just like, I can't, I can't do it. It's that, incredible.
2: <laughs> and Kelly the, involved in an MLM. It's wonderful.
0: I'm surprised none of these are, like, involved in, a none of these uh, people are involved in a pyramid scheme.
3: Oh, Kelly is. Yeah, she Kelly does is. Beachbody. Oh. Really? Yeah, she does Beachbody and Shakeology, I think. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I guess I do got to finish... It's just like... Man, it's just like somebody lighting a fire to my brain cells. And it's just like... <laughs> I just can't I, believe
3: these are real people. Just... Yeah, and they're all like
0: 27, but none of them look like... All yeah. of them look like they're 38.
3: Nothing. And I thought after the first couple of episodes that these are all actors just like trying to, you know, get somewhere. Yeah. But they're... I mean, with the exception, I think of... Someone I think on there was... Or trying to launch some sort of career. But everyone on there is like a actual person who <laughs>
0: former tank engineer. <laughs> former tank engineer should have given that one away. Oh, you're broke? You don't say. <laughs>
2: um yeah.
0: You're broke. you're a former tank engineer, so no shit that you're broke. Um <laughs> God man. Just the worst. The
2: worst will always be their job. Episode yeah, ten, Amber, former tank engineer. It's like she's something else now. We can just say like Barnett's fiance. Like you don't. They're not just their job.
3: They made fun of it on SNL, and like one of the the pre, uh, they made fun of like a version of Gianina, and her job description was just attractive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I knew it. Did they was Pete Davidson and I tweeted that. I Pete think Davidson. it was cut for
3: time. I don't think it made it to air. Um, oh, damn it. Oh, is that the one where it's like they
2: all have coronavirus too? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Don't add, you don't have to
0: add something on top of... Uh, this is my problem with SML, SNL. No.
2: What, well, I, that's we'll one of my problems.
0: Uh, it's just like I, I tweeted a week ago when it came out two weeks ago. I was like, I give it a week before they make a shitty SNL sketch with pete davidson at the center of love is blind and boy was i right <laughs> was just that's too an topical. easy shot to call though but yeah you don't have to put a joke on top of another joke any okay i'm done uh i'm on episode like eight of uh you so we got to do that episode too as season well two. Yeah. yeah so we got to do that episode as well oh,
2: yeah you're pretty close i think it's like what a 10 episode season Right.
0: I'm nearly I'm nearly there, but okay. uh promise my girlfriend we will watch it together. I will not stray from not watching this. Sh- I might I might finish it. Don't don't snitch on me. Um dear all right. Dear Kayla, dear you. Uh you can find us at one take pod on twitter.com that is the number one take pod on twitter.com. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, complaints, you can email us at one take podcast show at gmail.com you can uh rate and subscribe and tell us how much you love us or hate us on spotify google Podcasts, and most importantly apple podcasts uh, no one you know what calling out the fans real quick take
1: not to
0: not not to get in my feelings but i said that you could pick the next one take down and like y'all didn't do it so <laughs>
2: Calling
0: out you, are one listener in London. Yeah, so uh, calling out the people, you, listening to this right now. Mom, rate my podcast.
3: I think I'll rate it and then specifically pick a horror movie just to make Jake watch it. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, make you Dex watch summer?
0: it. Dex didn't even really want to watch this one. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: he... Yeah. Sorry, Dex, if you get to this point of the podcast. Yeah. He watched it and then just didn't... What, how, how hard does this dude sleep? Um, you know what? I'm starting to think that he actually didn't watch it and he just wanted... Uh,
2: no, because remember he texted That's all of his reactions.
0: Dex, this is all your fault. Uh, the, you can find us at uh, like again, One Take Pod. Uh, one Take Podcast Show at gmail.com Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts and on Simplecast. That is where you can find us. Rate, download, subscribe, leave a review. Five stars and then you can pick... The next one take down. Come on down. Jake and Mallory to Connor Burns. Thank you for coming on sparingly. <laughs> I'm sorry that your Dell fe- failed. Uh, Mallory, hit him with a hashtag, please.
2: Support Florence Pugh.
3: Oh, shit. Oh. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. Well, I support her in my daily life every single day. So, support Florence Pugh, obviously. Mm-hmm. Hashtag please break up with Zach Bradford
0: wait is she dating Zach Braff
3: oh my man get online yes
0: oh my god <laughs> I guess I'm so offline what yeah. Florence no <laughs> our man Dex Hashtag is gonna be break so break up with
3: Zach Braff go make marmalade with Paddington that's I do
0: kind of like Zach Braff in Scrubs though
2: that's a different thing <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, hashtag support Florence Pugh. One more time, Mallory, please. Full hashtag.
3: Hashtag support Florence Pugh.
0: There it is. All Every right. Day. All right. We out.